what we realized is there was no one company that was addressing the needs of the individual as a part of a bigger family. So what happens is whenever you eat foods that cause the inflammation, there's not an immediate reaction to it. Over time of eating the same food over and over again, what happens more inflammation, more inflammation, and then you start to have what we call a systemic um, reaction. A lot of times there's, there's some really unrealistic expectations, honestly, you know, of the clients is I tell people, um, this is a chef knife, it's not a wand. You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. All right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. I'm your host, James Cringe. Today, I'm joined by executive chef and owner of Saber Culinary Services, Deb Cantrell. Deb, thank you so much for coming out today. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I know you're you're battling some illness here, so we're going to push through it and, and hopefully get through the uh, the whole podcast um, without you getting too sick. Uh, but let's start. Let's talk about Saber to start, and and I want to know what service you provide for people, and and just kind of tell people that might be unfamiliar with the process. Okay. Saber is a little bit different of a company. We've been in business. This will be wow, our seventeenth year in business. That's awesome. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, congrats. <laughs> um, if you ever owned your own business, you know exactly what you mean by you saying congrats. Um, Saver is very unusual in that it is a culinary medicine company that happens to do prepared meals. So people hear the word culinary medicine and they're like, wait a minute, what'd she say? Well, the thing about it is, is what happens with Saver is we prepare food um, based upon the client's lifestyle and customized needs, prepare it, deliver it straight to the client's refrigerator. So what does that mean? We kind of straddle the line between prepared meal delivery, kind of personal and private chef. So we really try to customize the food down to the the client's exact needs, travel schedule. We call it picky kids and discerning husbands. (laughs) So we can do everything from breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks to any combination of. And then, oh, by the way, if grandma's coming for dinner, we'll add a couple of extra servings and you're having a party at your house on Saturday so we'll take care of that too. Um, We have business owners that will travel with our food and we even have chefs that travel with those business owners sometimes. Um, We have everything from the kids just want breakfast to mom wants lunches but the whole family wants to sit down to dinner two of the four days a week because two of those four meals have to be travel worthy to go into the car. Um, The other side of what we do is um, food intolerance testing, really to the DNA level to find out how your body uses food for optimal health, and then also nutrition education that goes along with that. Yeah, and I want to talk about that testing in just a minute, Um, but first I want to ask you, it seems like you guys were kind of ahead of schedule with the meal delivery service. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a huge trend right now, Mm -hmm. especially within the last couple of years. Um, but not only do you have a unique product, but you were actually ahead of everyone else. So how did you find that hole in the market? You know, it's kind of funny. We always say we did prepared meal delivery before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or before people even knew what to call it mm-hmm. because you have some of the bigger companies that kind of gave us a name. Well, the thing about it is there's been a whole so- subset of people, um, and it kind of started in the personal chef industry where people would go into the homes and prepared meals And then a lot of those chefs pulled that out of the home and they started doing it from commercial kitchens. So this is being done forever. The difference is, is that most of the bigger companies and even the smaller companies, they don't offer a 
detailed, customized approach. And as you know, every family is very different. Mm -hmm. So what we really found out was that we started seeing really what was happening with what we call kind of the modern family and uh, with all the different diets and the special dietary needs and the wants, the needs, the travel schedules. Well, what we realized is there was no one company that was addressing the needs of the individual as a part of a bigger family. So that's the reason we started doing what we were doing. And and what kind of culinary background do you have that kind of gives you the, uh, I don't know what the right In word, to own the, the qualifications <laughs> to own a business? A lot yeah. of people ask me that. <laughs> so long story short, I was actually a sports medicine physical therapist for years. Um, still have the license to do it. I really started seeing that um, my clients were healing faster whenever they really paid attention to their diet. Well, and I'm sure we're going to get into this later, but um, my son also was apparently supposed to have autism. And um, what was happening with that is we were done with kind of traditional medicine and everything. We only changed one thing about his diet, about what we did for him, and it was his diet. And when we found out how his body used food. Changing only his food in three months, I had a different child. Mm. I mean, that child is in Iraq now. Um, He graduated at the top of his class. So what I did is I took all those years of being in school as a therapist, and I thought, there's something to this food thing. So lots of research later, and then I thought, hmm, we probably need to figure out kind of this culinary portion of it. Um, Culinary school, um, Fort Worth Culinary School, loved it. Then what happened is then nutrition education. So you have you have medical education, you have culinary, and then you took nutrition education and just basically being a mom and trying to juggle everything. Mm-hmm. I literally put all that together and I thought, you know what? I'm going to cook for a few families. Maybe there's somebody out there that would want that. There was a lot of people out there yeah. that wanted that. So I took this small approach and just kind of kept growing it and building it. And how did you find those people? Well... Funny thing is, is when you're doing the right thing, they find you. So it really started just word of mouth, just kind of talking to people. Um, And then what happened from there is it just kind of grew. Of course, there's always a website. Um, Created a website around it. Um, Lots and lots of mistakes. Um, Trying to figure out who my ideal target market is. Mm -hmm. Figured out who my ideal target market was. And actually, when you're in business, the people that you're supposed to care for not do business with, but literally care for, come to you. Okay. So eventually your business will kind of tell you who your target should be. We refined that, um, grew chefs, grew to a marketing director, you know, admin, all of those things. And so it just kind of snowballed from there. I've actually, in the 17 years, I've actually owned seven culinary companies. Oh, wow. Yeah, a couple of restaurants, catering companies, but they've all had some type of prepared meal delivery with a culinary medicine emphasis the whole time. All right. So you brought up before the uh, tests that you run for Mm -hmm. families to kind of help them out and and to find a nutrition plan for them and and the food intolerance and all that. Mm So I want you to tell me about that. It's the ALCAT test. Is that Right. right? So there's a lot of different tests that you could do this with. We just prefer to use the ALCAT test. So what happens is is people hear the word food intolerance, and they think, oh, food allergy. Mm -hmm. They're actually two different things. 
A food intolerance is what happens is when you consume a food and it causes inflammation, okay? Everybody hears that word inflammation because inflammation is the root of all kinds of things that happen in your body. So what happens is whenever you eat foods that cause the inflammation, there's not an immediate reaction to it. Over time of eating the same food over and over again, what happens, more inflammation, more inflammation, and then you start to have what we call a systemic um, reaction. At some point, something will start to happen. So maybe eczema, psoriasis, um, and depression, or I love the word fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of things that occur as a result of this. Well, a food allergy is an immediate response to something you eat, goes away, no long-lasting effects, no systemic response. So um, that's the difference between the two. So what ALCAT does is it is a blood test, non-fasting, that you can go to any company. Usually we use a company called Any Lab Test now. We get those results back in about five to seven business days. What it does is it tells us the exact foods for you, your individual DNA of what works in your body or not. It shows up as severe, moderate, mild, and then all the other things that don't affect you at all. And a lot of people say, well, I don't, how do I know? I, it says asparagus. Mm-hmm. What happened? Well, the thing about it is, is people say, well, I don't feel bad. How do I know I'm going to feel better? What we have found is after a while, people feel start to feel a certain way, and they think everyone feels that way. It's funny, by removing something like asparagus or brown rice, how your body responds to that. If you consume something that's an inflammatory food, it's no different than swallowing a handful of pennies. So that that's interesting. So it's not looking at like cut out dairy, cut out that. I mean, you're actually able to look at specific foods. Specific foods. Yeah, that's right. that's crazy. To include down to milk and cheese and you know the the G word that everybody hates is gluten. Yeah. You know that shows up a lot, but I can also see other um, systemic reactions going on in the body. Is there a problem with what we call the gut? Is there a problem with the immune system? Um, is there something called candida? that's going on in the body. Um, there's there's all kinds of things that we can see as a result of those tests. That's really interesting. And mm-hmm. does it show you the severity of those issues or does it just tell you that maybe you shouldn't eat asparagus? It shows the severity yeah, okay. of a lot of the things. Now, you have to have you have to have a background in order to really know how to read it. But we're we're so surprised people that have been overweight forever, have tried everything or have had this weird rash or have had this weird something and all they did was take away three to five things that they were eating and it completely went away. Um, quick story is um, a young lady came to me. She's always wanted to go into the Air Force. Well, she's a senior this year. Eczema. They wouldn't let her in because of her eczema. Mom came to me and said, let's fix this. We did her food intolerance testing. We found out where the eczema was coming from. She had some other things going on too. We modified her diet only for a month. Zero eczema it went away gone that's crazy so she's in the air force now that's really cool we see stuff like that all the time yeah can you give me another i was going to ask you just for a couple Mm -hmm. success stories so we've talked about your son and this lady now in the air force yeah Um, is there anyone that was battling maybe an illness or or something severe so we have a lot of people that come to us that actually um are battling cancer of of all kinds 
Um, maybe they want to use us to benefit the current treatment that they're on. Um, maybe they're just done with what we call traditional medicine mm-hmm. and really want to heal themselves through food. Now, I always tell these people we are kind of a spoke in their wheel. There's there's a bigger picture yeah. um, here. But one prime example is we have a young man that's 24, um, stage 4 liver cancer. Um, he chose no traditional treatments. Um, they let him know his prognosis with this. Well, the thing about it is, is whenever you have cancer, most of the time what becomes most detrimental is the lack of appetite. I mean, you literally go into malnutrition. Mm -hmm. You're not hungry. You don't want to eat. The medicine is changing or the treatment, whatever you choose to do, is changing um, your mouthfeel. It changes um, the way the food tastes. So what we were able to do with him is... um, we met with him and talked to him almost on a daily basis to find out what's going on. So at one point he um, said, I just, I don't like any of the food anymore. I said, let's talk about that. Come to find out what was happening is we had to kind of waste it, wake his taste buds up. Mm. We made him a sriracha he can have. Now he has a ton of food intolerances. Plus we're battling cancer We also found out that um, we needed to put a lot more citrus in his food. We did that, woke his taste buds up, got his appetite again. And so even though he is now, he's battling cancer still, he has maintained an amazing appetite. Mm, Interesting. And his doctors are asking, what are you doing? What have you done? Like, because now your cancer is even being slowed, the progression Mm -hmm. is. And he told them what he's been doing. And so he has maintained an amazing appetite. Um, We adjust his food if he has a bitter taste in his mouth. So that's something we've done for a very long time. One other story, we had a lady that came to us that had breast, brain, and liver cancer for 12 years. Basically, she would go from her couch to the doctor, couch to doctor. Mm -hmm. The only thing she wanted to do was go on a trip with her husband for the weekend. That's it. Only thing. Um, very large police officer, never said a word to me. Um, he would just kind of walk through the door, look very sad all the time. Um, we worked with her for about three months. And in three months, I came through the door with food. And this huge man picked me up, swung me around. I literally dropped all the food. <laughs> food went everywhere. And he had just tears. And he said, we're going fishing this weekend. And I thought, that's what you wanted. Yeah. So I went into her and I said, well, like, what's going on? You're washing dishes. You're not on the couch. And she said, I can now reduce all of my cancer treatments to half. And my doctors don't know why. I said, did you tell them? And she said, yeah, but they didn't believe me. <laughs> so anyways. Uh, on a personal level, that has to make you feel really good about, I'm sure, you know, you own a restaurant or something and you cook food for people and you love to see the smiles on the faces. Yeah. and. But what you're doing has to feel good that you're actually making a real difference in people's lives. It it really is. You you know you get the success stories that um, you you really understand their lives and you really understand um, what food does for people and all the students that come to me, even from the culinary school in Fort Worth. Here, um, whenever they come as an extern, I always tell them, you you are so responsible. Because doctors put medication in people's body to affect a change. We put food in people's body to affect a change, mm-hmm. good or bad. And so you have a huge responsibility to get this right. 
And so even when I, um, I have my other company, which I told you about, is uh, a mentor and consulting company for culinary business owners that want to scale. That's the first thing we teach them, too, is the responsibility around food. Um, for us, it's great that, you know, the presentation is amazing and, you know, you, you use the next latest and greatest molecular gastronomy foam, <laughs> you know, or sous vide or, you know, technique or whatever you're using. But at the end of the day, your hands will affect a change inside of that person. So what kind of vetting process do you do then in order to hire the right people and make sure that you're hiring people that are devoted to making that change? You know, it's funny. I didn't believe a lot um, up until a few years ago how important um, the culture of your company is, not to mention um, the mission and vision and even core values of your company. Um, And I've said before, I've had some great chefs that come through my doors that were just extraordinary. Yeah. But they couldn't stay because they didn't understand what we were trying to do. So, and, and I completely understand this isn't what all chefs want to do, and that's fine with me. But what we really do is, first of all, we make sure that the passion is there, that they understand and believe what food does in the body. And then once they have some semblance of that and they understand our culture, our culture at Savor is not one of your traditional, it's not a hell's kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's not that. It's not, of course, we feel like we live chopped every day. <laughs> yeah. But, um, or restaurant <laughs> impossible sometimes it feels like. Um, but the thing about it is, is whenever you come to us, first of all, you have to have that passion of care and, and want to know what food does in the body. Um, you want to be a part of a team that actually cares about each other, family-oriented. It's so hard to find in culinary a lot of times. Mm-hmm. There's no room for attitudes or behavior at Savor. Um, once you kind of understand that we're all part of a team, whether you wash dishes, you deliver the food, or you're the head chef, then from there it all does come down to can you cook? Yeah. Because a lot of times people um, – will come to us even if chef is in front of your name that you just can't cook yeah, or you don't want to cook this way. So there really has to be the right fit and it's kind of a building block to make sure we get that right person. And what's your overall involvement in the process? Are you more behind the scenes now and, and checking those tests or are you still cooking or what are you doing on a day-to-day? <sighs> it kind of depends on the day. Sometimes I'm cleaning out the drains in my kitchen. <laughs> um, but... It, For the most part, I've become, since I've built this company, I've more become kind of what we call a clipboard chef more than anything. So uh, I'm the one that's more of the visionary with the company and the big picture person, and then I delegate from there. But then again, like when the holidays were here and somebody called out sick or we have a ton of caterings or we were just, you know, dragging in the kitchen, I'll step in, you know, put my apron back on and start chopping onions again. I mean, I've before, you know, last week I was washing dishes because the dishwasher had to go to the hospital. Yeah. I mean, it's that's kind of my job. 75% of the time, I'm more big picture kind of running the company. Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of the chefs that I've had on uh, to this podcast are all, we just do whatever is necessary, whatever we need to do. You know, it's (laughs) funny. Somebody said um, they had, they needed a picture of what a true business owner looks like. And they were telling me that it was so funny that I would have like my chef coat on with like flour across my face. I'd have a plunger (laughs) in one hand. I'd have my pink laptop tucked up under. I'd have my chef knife in my hand. And then, you know, I'd have like 
a, you know, some type of rope going over my shoulder <laughs> with a roller skate on one foot. And, you know, it's like. I, I might need to get a picture of that oh to use for gosh. the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so how would you go about personalizing a meal for an entire family that say they have different intolerances and, sure. and different foods that they like? Right. So, and we have some families that don't have intolerances at all. We just, we, um, a lot of those families come to us and say, we're just, it's usually mom that says, I'm just so tired of feeling guilty. And I just simply don't have time to worry mm-hmm. anymore. And that I don't have time to worry and I'm tired of feeling guilty, um, is the cool thing that's really happening now and what I'm starting to see more and more of is a sustainability component. Um, Our clients are really caring about food waste in that they're going to the grocery store well, you don't even really have to go to the grocery store much anymore. Yeah. But they're having it delivered or they're going to the grocery store um, which most of our people don't like and it just sits there. And it's really starting to bother them. So I'm actually seeing more kind of a social consciousness around food, which has been fascinating. But um, so just an example, we have um, young family, um, busy professionals, maybe mom works, maybe mom doesn't work outside the home, usually two kids. Um, Usually what happens is um, the kids just want breakfast and mom figures it out, dad's out of town. Mom wants some type of healthy lunch because she's busy trying to get, maybe she works, maybe she doesn't work. She's trying to get everything done during the day. And then they want to sit down together, you know, as a family. Maybe mom is vegan, um, but dad, let's face it, he's from Fort Worth, Texas, so he's going to eat meat and potatoes. (laughs) Regardless, um, maybe the children um, don't want to eat that way and they want to eat what we call kind of healthy kid-friendly food. Yeah. And so we will make that for them. Um, I've even helped a mom out before to where she had to take a cake to her kid's school and her son was gluten-free and she asked me to bake it crooked with and make sure that some of the cake was in the that's icing. Cool. So it looks like she did it yeah, you know, that's type cool. of thing. Um, we have a lot of uh, older people who um, their kids will pay for the service because they um, maybe they don't want to cook anymore and they want to go out to eat some yeah but the kids want to make sure that their nutrition is on point so we've got all of that down to you know I have cancer and I can't get off my couch and you're the reason I'm still here yeah Um, there's we have such a wide variety of people we even have some busy professionals that um, most everything we do is fresh but we have some busy individuals that um, are professionals that whenever they're in town, we will make meals for them. Some actually want to freeze it. They just want to pull it out whenever they're in town because they're so sick of eating out. Yeah. Um, or we'll just do a pop-in service whenever they're in town. So it really runs the gamut between busy families, um, single professionals, um, older people, and then um, medical recovery as well. We actually have a lot of people that will buy gift certificates for moms on maternity leave. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Especially with your first baby, too, you get it kind of figured out. <laughs> I, yeah. The amazing thing to me is that you're talking about just the widest range of clientele, mm-hmm. but pretty much universally, at least from reviews and stuff, um, people love your food. So how often are you tweaking recipes and, and making different types of food to make sure it's it's 
tasting good as well as just being nutritional. So that's one of the things that that's a misconception, honestly, about every single menu we do is customized to the client. So while one person may get a gluten-free, dairy-free mac and cheese, somebody else is going to get this, you know, really great um, beef tenderloin with like a whiskey mushroom sauce. Yeah. Um, we never repeat the same thing twice unless clients ask us to. Okay. So their menu is going to change every single week. And since we are a scratch kitchen, we don't really use a lot of recipes. Huh. Yeah, we just That's go. That's cool. You just go and cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just go and cook. Clients approve the menu ahead of time. They always know what's going to come because I will send a customized menu for that family ahead of time. If they want anything changed or if they're craving something, they can let us know that and we'll just change it. And does it all come at once or does it come? It's up to the client. Okay. Yeah. So it could come daily or? Well, we typically don't do daily because clients usually don't want that that many people in and out of their house. Sure. We have had some clients we've delivered daily. Most clients um, want us in their house once to twice a week to deliver. Um, We usually deliver up to five days of food at a time. If a client wants it really fresh, we'll deliver it every other day. Hmm. It's really up to the individual client um, how they want it. And then, of course, if we have to pack it to go on a plane or ship it to them ahead of time, we can do that as well. That's that's really cool. It's Mm -hmm. about as convenient as it gets. We tell our clients um, we've made it so easy that like the hardest thing they have to do is literally like put their fork to their their face. I mean, <laughs> that's the hardest thing that they have to do. And we've even supplied silverware before for some clients. Really? Yeah, we have <laughs> just because. And the containers they come in go straight into the oven. So you recycle those or we use glass, whichever mm-hmm. the client prefers. So really, you don't even have to do any dishes. Yeah. So. No dishes, no grocery shopping, no menu planning, no preparation, no anything. The food just shows up on a regular basis, and it's in the refrigerator. So it's obviously really easy for the clients. What about for you? How? What are some of the difficulties that you face with the business, or have you pretty much got it down now? Well, <laughs> so we have our processes down pretty well. Um, the, the issues that come, as I'm sure that anybody that's listening and has knows anything about culinary anytime you choose to customize you open the door <laughs> for so many things um a lot of times there's there's some really unrealistic expectations honestly you know of the clients is i tell people um this is a chef knife it's not a wand yeah so um and a lot of times because we do work so well with clients um schedules and travel schedules um, I had a client one time that actually handed me, she had four kids, she handed me her custody schedule, and I was like, oh, <laughs> no, um, I'll work with you on it, but yeah. <laughs> there's no way I can do all this. Um, we use, since we are a scratch kitchen, um, and we do use about 80% organic in everything we do, grass-fed or well-caught fish, those types of things, a lot of times if we try to repeat a recipe, the thing about it is, is because we are a scratch kitchen, sometimes it's hard to get it exactly like For it sure. was before. Yeah. And uh, we do pride ourselves because a lot of our ingredients do come from local farmers. And we try very hard to work with them. And so if they didn't produce, you know, dandelion organic dandelion greens that week, 
um, somebody wants them, it's kind of hard to. So those are kind of some of the pitfalls. Yeah. Um, we do deliver it, put it right into our clients' refrigerators. Um, so sometimes if we're getting out of the kitchen a little late, sometimes it can be challenging to get it there on time if it's also 5 o'clock and it's going to Dallas and it's yeah, raining. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so... Those are some of the challenges we face. So yeah. there's a lot of details we have to manage. Yeah, that, it seems really intense. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's we also pride ourselves, too, because um, if you have a child, and this happened to us a couple of years back, that's never had a birthday cake because her mom thought there's just no way. And she can't have gluten, she can't have dairy, she can't have eggs, she can't have cinnamon, she can't have vanilla, she can't have, you know, all these other things that normally go into a birthday cake. When you're able to make her a birthday cake and her friends at her party don't know the difference, yeah, then it makes all the frustration of the details. They just, they go away. Yeah. They go away. She had a birthday cake. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's neat. There's yeah. a lot of, it seems like really cool stories like that, which I love. And I love, especially, you know, using the food as medicine and, mm-hmm. and just bringing joy to these people's lives. And then for you on, on a personal note, I think... If I were you, I'd be really proud that you've been voted best chef, best caterer from Fort Worth Magazine, yeah. and personal chef of the year by U.S. Personal mm-hmm. uh, US Chef PCA. Association. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? You know, it's funny. Um, the accolades are great, and theres I don't think there's a chef in the world that will tell you that, you know, standing up on a stage and getting an award or being recognized isn't just the greatest thing ever. <laughs> But the thing about it is, is what those awards told me is that, I mean, I did it right. I accomplished what I set out to mm-hmm. accomplish. I mean, you, you're not in business for 17 years without some tears and some really hard lessons learned. Um, and culinary is not the easiest business in the world. In fact, it's probably one of the hardest businesses you can go into. Um, and to get those awards, it just it really brings a lot of credibility, and it gives us a badge more than anything to yeah. kind of tell the world how hard we've worked to create a concept like this. Yeah, and, and obviously you're running two different businesses. Yeah. Um, you've got a really busy work life. How do, do you balance that out with your family life? Well, um, I have a really understanding family, but, um, and I didn't even say that, you know, we, we do a lot of catering as well, but we use, you know, whole food nutrition even when we cater. So a lot of people come to us for that. Um, so I created this business or the businesses I've had 17 years ago with a concept of being a mom first and being a wife first. Um, did those battles sometimes? Yeah, they did. But I still take my daughter to school every day and I pick her up. There has been some boundaries and some things I just simply will not compromise Mm -hmm. on. I did this and I started this because I wanted to be around my family and I wanted to watch them grow up. I was a stay-at-home mom for a while and I absolutely loved that. I think that in order, so I have this kind of philosophy people talk about work-life balance I say that that's not a reality mm-hmm. sorry to use a different word <laughs> but um the thing about it is is your work and your family life kind of end up being the same thing my kids grew up in the kitchen I mean my daughter my son to this day still helps me whenever he's not in Iraq um my daughter grew up 
you know, under countless buffet tables, yeah. you know, reading books and all of those <laughs> other things. So they don't know any different. Um, my husband would very much like me to not work this hard, yeah. but he also understands I have a bigger purpose. You really have to get the whole family to buy in and to really understand, again, your culture, your vision, um, or it just simply won't work. But you also have to have some really strong boundaries, and I have some boundaries that nobody will cross, and it comes to time with my family. And I think that's really a good piece of advice for anyone. And we have a lot of students that listen to this podcast. Yeah. And, you know, for them to hear, don't compromise, you know, certain things don't compromise on. And um, maybe sometimes it, it might be unrealistic when you're starting out, but as you work your way up. Um, you know, I do want to say one thing. You yeah. were talking about the students, and I was at the uh, WCR conference this last week in the Women Chefs and Restaurateurs. And we really had conversations about there's a that the the workforce of culinary is changing, whereas before when I was coming through, I mean, you were in a kitchen 14 and 15 hours, and you just did what you were told, regardless mm-hmm. of what that looked like. There's a whole set, and I'm so proud of them that are coming through. And I am not even putting the word millennial on it, that are demanding a better work and life balance. Yeah. Um, they're demanding a different culture in the kitchen. They're demanding to have a life. And it's no longer um, kind of what I call old school culinary, or you just work until you drop and you sleep in your car <laughs> and you get up and you go back into the kitchen again. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate that they're demanding a different life. Um, I just want to make sure that they also have a work ethic, you know, while they're there. So one of the things that I always tell people, if you're starting your own business, or even if you do work in someone else's business, to keep in mind that you're always your own brand. Like, you are a brand within a brand. You do have a say. You you get to say the type of chef you want to be, the cuisine you want to have, but you should always plan your life first knowing what you want from it personally and then build the rest of your life your business life around that i think that's a mistake a lot of people make well i thought i have a couple other questions written down but i think that's really a perfect way to end it is that's really great advice and and really i think great great words to leave it on so deb i want to thank you again so much for for coming on to the podcast and battling through some sickness to be here so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but i do i I really appreciate you coming out and and i think um what you're doing is is really awesome um for for the entire community and a good example for the culinary community thank you thank you i love the culinary school it's been a great addition to my life i love helping out here that interview with deb cantrell was brought to you by the culinary school of fort worth Located on Camp Bowie Boulevard, the Culinary School of Fort Worth is helping future chefs pursue their dreams every single day. You can reach out for more information or to schedule a tour on their website at csftw.edu. That's csftw.edu. Or you can reach them by phone at 817-737-8427. That's 817-737-8427. You can also check them out on social media to see what's going on daily at the school at Culinary School of Fort Worth on Facebook and Culinary School FTW on Instagram.